I believe applying the best insights from faith and reason takes us from surviving to thriving. This week on Physically Spiritual, I want to take you behind the curtain and share with you the parts from my story that have brought about physically, the Physically Spiritual podcast and becominggift.com. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Before we get started, I want to invite you to consider supporting everything we do here at Awaken Catholic by becoming a member of the Awaken Nation. Go to awakencatholic.org forward slash donate. Here at Awaken, we're also partners with the Hollow app. Hollow is a Catholic meditation app to help you find peace and grow in your spiritual journey. Go to hollow.app forward slash awaken. And if you're interested in anything that I'm publishing or you want some support in applying anything we talk about here on the podcast, go to becominggift.com forward slash coach. So like I said in the intro, this week we want to bring you behind the curtain and explain a little bit about how my story brought about this podcast, brought about my blog at becominggift.com. I've been passionate about exploring how to live the theology of the body. I was introduced to the theology of the body when I was in college. Uh, The theology of the body was a great teaching of Pope St. John Paul II about human love, about the, the nature of what it means to be human or anthropology and also about, uh, about marriage and celibacy and the church's teaching on contraception. At its heart, uh, the theology of the body is a teaching about what it means to be human. And a, a lot of times when people maybe have a, a struggle in their sexuality or, or with one of the church's teachings in this area, people will refer them to go and learn about the theology of the body. Uh, and, and this has always bothered me a little bit because we, we treat this teaching as if just knowing the ideas in this teaching will help you to live the faith better, um, or that that you you just uh, collect a bunch of concepts and then your life will change. And I think there's a there's a subtle problem with this that we learn to live based on our experiences, based on the people that we've we've grown with and been in community with, based on uh, all of our habits from the past. So just learning new concepts doesn't necessarily help us to uh, to live those concepts. We, we need a, a different kind of transformation for that. So oftentimes, I feel like we treat the theology of the body in this way. Like if you just learn these teachings, then you'll be able to live the church's teachings in a more profound way. Uh, but that wasn't my experience. And I've talked to a lot of other people who've also continued to struggle, even though they might understand the theology of the body. Uh, one of the core uh, ideas in this theology of the body is called the logic of gift. And John Paul II would often quote the Second Vatican Council, which said that we cannot fully find ourselves except through a sincere gift of self. This, this logic of the gift that it goes really in the face of a lot of what our culture talks about in self-help. This idea that we need to uh, really be selfish. We need to take care of ourselves. And in that, then we can become the person we want to be. But there's this logic in the gospel that it's in giving ourselves away that we find ourselves. And yes, it's true. We, we, we should take care of ourselves. We should grow uh, and we should be healthy. 
But on the other hand, we don't fully find ourselves. We don't fully become what we're called to be until we become gift. Uh, we're designed to be given. And in that giving, receive from another. And in that dynamic of giving and receiving, we bring life into the world. This is, uh, this is the logic of our body, the structure of, of what it means to be man and woman in relationship. So in my story, if you were to rewind a few years, you probably wouldn't even recognize me. And in 2014, I, uh, I realized that the message that I was teaching and the lifestyle that I was living was really in deep contradiction. At, by the end of the year, I had uh, gotten on the scale and I was about two, 375 pounds. Um, you know, my life was overrun with stress. I, um, I spent a lot of my time just coping with kind of how I felt. <laughs> um, I would, I would come home and, and I just couldn't get anything else done. I, I couldn't bring myself to, uh, to have hobbies or to have passions in my life. Um, and I also struggled a lot just to connect with people, to feel like I was there. Uh, and so I took a step back from a lot of what I was doing. I took a step back from, from public speaking, from a lot of the organizations that I was working with and contributing to, uh, not just to do the things the Lord wanted me to do, but to become the person that I felt the Lord wanted me to be. Um, and the Lord worked a great transformation in me. Uh, it, it was a, a journey of years. But through the process of that, I've lost almost 175 pounds and I've revolutionized my relationship with stress. Um, I now have a passion and purpose in my life that I never thought I would had. I'd actually uh, decided not to continue studying because I didn't want to write more. <laughs> and, and in the midst of these transformations I was experiencing, I just had this passion well up in me to share the ideas that I was discovering. And in that, I started to write a book. And this is what actually brought about the Physically Spiritual podcast. I was sharing with uh, Nick here at Awaken Catholic um, what I was studying, what I was learning, what I was passionate about. And from that, he said, well, what about a podcast? And it wasn't really on my radar, uh, but I started thinking about it and, and realized that this would be a way for me to share uh, what I felt like the Lord was communicating and sharing with me. Uh, there was one day... Uh, that I realized that what I was studying, what I was thinking about with the theology of the body, not just as a collection of ideas, but what would a theology of the body lifestyle look like? What would a spirituality of the theology of the body look like? And then what I was doing in my life by, by getting healthier, by learning about my body, uh, by uh, losing weight and, and working on my stress, I realized that I wasn't doing two separate things. I wasn't on one hand learning these the theological concepts, then on the other hand learning these, uh, these concepts from science, but I was actually studying one thing, right? I was studying how as a person who is body and soul, made in God's image and likeness, how do I, I live uh, my calling? How do I live God's design? Uh, my, my physical health and spirituality weren't separate. It was me as a person either coming in harmony with God's law or or, or being in, out of line with God's law. And, and I realized that with my physical health and my spirituality, as I was getting physically healthier, I also had greater clarity and focus in my prayer. Uh, I had a greater passion and purpose to live uh, the calling that I felt God calling me, calling me to. Um, it, there was like this knob that was turned down where a lot of my struggles before maybe were seven or an eight. And it's not like getting healthier just made all my problems go away, but it's like they were all uh, toned down to like a, a three, four, or five. 
and, and it made it a lot more, uh, a lot more space in my life for me to, to seek God's grace and prayer and resist a lot of temptations. So for me, I realized that health was the foundation that holiness is built on. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas liked to, to use the phrase, and right at the beginning of the, his summary of theology, he says, grace does not destroy nature, it perfects it. Grace does not destroy nature, it perfects it. Right? So it's not like God comes into our life and transforms us to make us into his image and likeness, and in that process obliterates our body or does away with all of our passions and desires. No, when God comes to our, us uh, spiritually, he also wants to transform us physically. It's not like when I'm having an experience of the Lord in prayer, my body's just sitting there passive, not doing anything. Uh, but if you were to, to hook me up to some scientific instruments, you would see in the midst of my spiritual experience, my body's also reacting to that. My heart rate might be changing. You, you would see um, things happening in my brain in an fMRI. You could, you could notice my body temperature changing, right? My, my body's also reacting to the Lord coming to me in prayer in a spiritual way. It's my whole person in relationship with God. Uh, in the past, I had really overemphasized the spiritual. What I mean by that wasn't that the spiritual wasn't important, but I, I mean that uh, I was sort of maxing out spiritually, right? If I was continuing to struggle, if I continued uh, to maybe fall back into a bad habit, what it did is I would just turn to prayer even more intensely, right? I would, instead of praying an hour, I would pray two hours. Instead of um, saying uh, one rosary, I'd pray two rosaries. Uh, but really what I would do is I would get to a point where I didn't have more time to pray or I didn't have more energy to pray, or I just kind of cycled, like I would get really excited and, and then create all these great plans of how I was going to turn my life to God. And then I would crash and burn again. And then I would get excited again. And then I'd crash and burn again. And all of it was me, um, me overemphasizing the spiritual and neglecting the physical. Um, so this brings me now to uh, becoming gift in the physically spiritual podcast. What, what I'm really trying to, to do here is to, to bring to light and to discuss um, the way that we apply faith and reason to our lives. In our world, we, we see faith and reason as these two separate disciplines or, or science and religion as two separate things. In our, in our society, we even have a, a separation of, um, of politics from religion. And so we can also have the same idea that, that my physical health and spiritual health are these two separate things. But the reality is a lot of uh, earlier attempts to reconcile these ideas or to explain the way that we might, might apply concepts from, from science, from medicine, from uh, even different spiritual traditions to the Catholic tradition um, have kind of gone astray. A lot of these early applications maybe that you've already experienced, uh, they get away from the heart of the church. They get into questioning the church's doctrines. They get into, uh, into spiritualities that, that aren't congruent with the Catholic idea of what it means to be human or, or what God is. Um, so I really want to do this project from the heart of the church. Um, and studying John Paul II, I, I realize more and more that beneath John Paul II's teachings are the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas. 
St. John Paul II, he was both a phenomenologist, he studied modern philosophy, and uh, really the philosophy of perception, of of, uh, our being in touch with reality and our subjective experience with the world. But he also was a Thomist. He had studied the philosophy and theology of St. Thomas Aquinas. So, so much of what the foundation of the theology of the body is, is this uh, Thomistic worldview, this Thomistic metaphysics, this understanding of of the the core structures of reality through the concepts of St. Thomas Aquinas. And St. Thomas Aquinas himself was a a great synthesizer of faith and reason. In large part, what St. Thomas Aquinas does in his works is he takes the best insights available through philosophy and science, and then also the church's teaching and the church's tradition, and he combines them. He uses those discoveries from philosophy and science to explain the church's teachings, but also then informs the church's teachings by those ideas from philosophy and science. There's this, this great harmony in his works. So in the, the philosophy of St. Thomas Aquinas, we have this, uh, this philosophical language that helps us, uh, that helps us um, make religion and science communicate with one another or helps us take the ideas from uh, faith and the ideas from uh, reason and combine them, synthesize them. Uh, so in, in large part, this is what physically spiritual is. I'm, I'm trying to take the best insights I can find from science, especially the science of what it means to be human, right? We've been talking about things like epigenetics, the microbiomes. We've been talking about the nervous system and then, and then bringing those in communication with the best ideas we have about Catholic philosophy, theology, and spirituality, right? What does this mean about our understanding of virtue, the the proper functioning of the will, how we're in God's image and likeness? And I believe by combining these things, we can bring about more and more and more the new evangelization. I believe that there's an integrity to the thought of John Paul II and these these two teachings, on one hand, the theology of the body, and on the other hand, the new evangelization are, uh, are sort of the two pillars or, or two maybe big topics that people talk most about from his teaching. Uh, and I believe these aren't two disjointed and separate things. They're, they're, they're one idea of, um, of living in relationship with God and doing God's will in the world. So I believe doing the new evangelization is a fruit of living the theology of the body. And that this begins at the point where we give our whole life to God, not just our spiritual life, but we give our, our physical life too, our, our health, the way we sleep, the way we eat, the way we manage our stress, the way we think about our life decisions, the way we do our jobs. We give all of this to the Lord and we find this synergy. I call it a wellness snowball, <laughs> where as things roll downhill, um, we're not just we're not just losing weight. We're not just de-stressing. We're not just um, getting more efficient at work. <laughs> but in the, the process of all this, we're becoming more and more and more the person we're being called to be by the Lord. Um, just one example of this. Let's take, for example, a, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the autonomic nervous system, right? This shifting in our body between a state of safety into states of fight and flight, and eventually into freeze and shutdown. So, so hold that in mind that, that throughout our day, we're, we're shifting between these states of safety and danger. And then on the other hand, let's consider uh, the moral act from the perspective of St. Thomas Aquinas. 
St. Thomas Aquinas taught that the will was the rational appetite, meaning that it's, it's drawn and it's attracted by what's discovered by reason, right? I might have a concept from reason like justice. And so I, I, I want to be a just man because I, I know justice. But then on the other hand, I have this sense appetite, meaning through all of the experience of my perceptions, uh, I'm seeing things, I'm smelling things, I'm feeling things, and I'm experiencing attractions to them and repulsions from them. So I then have this sense appetite. Uh, so then when I'm sitting at work toward the end of the day and I feel some stress, I feel some dysregulation in my body, I'm still attracted to the idea of justice, right? I want to do justice to my employer and I want to spend my time getting work done. But on the other hand, I feel this dysregulation. I feel this, uh, this drawing to do whatever, whether it's waste time on social media or, or take an extra walk or, or go and have a conversation with one of my coworkers, right? Well, well in that moment of decision, if I realize that there's something happening in my body, there's something happening in my nervous system that I'm actually emotionally dysregulated because something has triggered my body to react in the moment as if I'm in danger, right? I'm in fight and flight mode, right? So, so that desire for me to get up out of my chair isn't just this hyper-spiritualized thing like, oh, the, the demons don't want me to do my job. <laughs> you know, there may be a spiritual influence there. But even more than that, what's happening is my, my body is out of sorts and, and it wants to get up and move because it's in flight mode, right? My body's telling me, you need to move to be safe. Um, so what I can do in that moment is I can, I can pause, I can listen to what's happening in my body, and do what's necessary to change that physical state. Take some deep breaths, do some meditation, maybe take a short break with the understanding that I'm going to then come back to my work now with my body re-regulated uh, in prayer uh, and then continue to then act justly, right? So my ability whether or not to, to be just in that situation is, is dramatically affected by what's happening physically in my body. And in so many ways, I believe that we can, we can combine these insights of faith and reason uh, in order to more and more become the person we're called to be. When we're thinking about physical health, we can also sometimes overemphasize the results and underemphasize the process. I think we might feel a little bit of discomfort with this connection between health and holiness because we know people who, who are holy, who are good, who are godly, and yet they struggle with their physical health. So I want to challenge some of our notions of health. Uh, when, we, when we think about health, a lot of times we think about the results of health or maybe some surface level things like being thin or being strong or having a six pack or looking good in, in your swimsuit or something like that. All of these may or may not be a sign of health, right? You, you may actually be underweight and that might be unhealthy for you. So having that six pack or, or looking the way you want to look in your, your swimsuit may actually be a sign of being unhealthy, of, of not being, um, not being uh, ordered in our, in our life to the natural law. Uh, so on, on the other hand, we may also just define health as a lack of disease, right? So if, if I have a disease, that means I'm unhealthy. If I have no disease, I am healthy. Uh, but, but really diseases are a collection of symptoms that we give a definition to, 
We say, if, if this person has this collection of symptoms, then they have this disease and we give them this label. And then this label then determines the treatment plan that they receive. But beneath that disease is the function and dysfunction of the body, right? That there are core functions in the body, whether it be the assimilation of nutrients, the ability to get rid of waste, the ability for the body to create energy for the different parts of the body to communicate with one another, the, the strength and integrity of the structure of the body, right? These, these core functions of the body underlie whether or not our body manifests disease. And I would propose the same is true with our spirituality, that, that sin isn't a problem in itself. It's the symptom of an underlying dysfunction in the person. When, when St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the, the result of, of sin in the person, he talks about the fact that the reason becomes darkened and the will becomes uh, more and more turned to evil things, that our relationship to what we sense, meaning the sense appetite, to the irascible, to difficult things, that we become weak in the face of difficult things, and our, and our passions towards things that are attractive, the concupiscible, that those attractions become more and more powerful and more and more difficult to deal with. So sin causes this cascade of dysfunction in the person, and this dysfunction in the person then leads to more sin. Uh, so by, by healing the underlying function of the body uh, and having this, this harmony throughout our whole person, we then act virtuously in the world. So the, the virtue is the, the result of the underlying order in the whole person. And on the other hand, if there's a, a dysfunction in the person, uh, then we have vice, right? There's this dissonance in relationship to the natural law. So I, I hope you'll stick with me as we explore these concepts. Uh, this, is, uh, this is, and sometimes complex, we're going to be talking about science that may be difficult to understand, and we're, we're going to go deep into philosophy and theology. Uh, and frankly, sometimes I'm not going to do a good, good job explaining things, uh, but I hope you'll stick with me and, and explore these ideas with me. I think what we're doing here is really important. It's important for, uh, for the manifestation of the new evangelization throughout the church, and it's important for us on an individual level uh, to become more and more what God's calling us to be. I hope you have a, a sense that, that what we're talking about here, they're not just sterile ideas, but they're things that are, that are essential for us to live the life uh, that we're called to live. Um, so I want to invite you to join me as I explore how to become a sincere gift. This show and all media on Awakened Catholic is made possible by the Awakened Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.